Welcome to What If. I'm your host, Karim Mustakni. I have a very special guest here today with us, Fuad Fogani. Fuad, welcome. Thank you very much, Karim. Uh, Fuad is one of the leading ghost negotiators in Germany and also Europe. Um, Fuad, what is a ghost negotiator? A ghost or shadow negotiator is a negotiation expert who accompanies the customer in uh, the client in difficult negotiation cases and provides him or her uh, with the negotiation expertise and consultancy in order to win the case. Mm, that's it. Um, how long have you been a ghost negotiator? Meanwhile, it's about 15 years. Uh, as I started about 15 years ago, I guess I was the third or fourth uh, person expert who provided such a service in Europe. But meanwhile, I guess we have something around 50 or 40 or 50 people providing such a services in Europe. On that level, you mean? Yes, Cause, cause I don't know if it's on that level. Oh, <laughs> I don't general, know if all of them yeah. have got uh, the same quality of expertise, but uh, they nevertheless provided on their okay. websites. Okay, and you also wrote a few books, right? I have, yeah, that's right. I have uh, written four books, uh, three of them directly uh, about negotiation management, mm -hmm. and one of them is much more a profiling about profiling. Uh, about understanding the motives and needs of people. Right. It's a short story. And I guess a fifth one will come in the upcoming year. Ah, uh, wow. Okay, awesome. Before we start with our what if question, maybe the last one, what is negotiating in general? What does it mean? And negotiation in general terms is a all kind of tug of war over interests, motives, and needs of people. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, by saying tug of war, I do not, I surely do not mean a war, but just <laughs> right. a tug of war. So all kind of activities that you perform uh, in order to satisfy and address your needs and interests of yours and the other side also too, right? All right, okay, makes sense. Um, now from our what if perspective to make it a little bit more creative and crazy and limitless, what if, negotiation was forbidden. How would have the world looked like from a historical point of view, but also now looking into the future? How would people have come to an agreement? What would you say to that? Yeah, the question is pretty easy to answer because each time you have a conflict, you have only two ways in order to find a conflict resolution. Right. Either you negotiate or you have a war, an escalation. Mm -hmm. So if we had no negotiation possibility, we would permanently have wars and massive escalations. Yeah, that would be the answer. What would you say then was the most or one of the most important negotiations in the history of humanity in the last uh, centuries? That's not easy to answer. But would, from your point of view. Yeah, I would say... Um, a set of negotiations that we permanently have got, which are crucial for us as human beings, are those at home okay. between pairs, because they permanently negotiate. Okay. It could be the uh, next des destination for a holiday, or a negotiation with a child to go into the bed at seven o'clock in the p.m. in the night. Right. right. 
Uh, but um, in order to answer your question, it was meant in a different way. Um, it's hard to say. I would say, um, I mean, one of the toughest negotiations was the negotiation over the Cuba crisis. All right. Which year was that? Between, I guess it was 79, 70. I'm not sure. 69, 70, but I'm not sure. But I guess it was at around that time. Okay. And uh, as, yeah, as most of us pr probably know, it was a negotiation be between the American president, John F. Kennedy, and the Russian president, Nikita Khrushchev which could end up in a third world war. I see. In fact, it didn't start as a negotiation. It, it started as a war-related invasion. Right. Or not an invasion, but positioning of weapons. Mm. But it ended with a negotiation. Oh. And in, from that perspective, it ended uh, good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What was the um, process of the negotiation back then? And that one? That yeah, that one, yeah. What do you mean with process? Like, what was the goal in general of that negotiation? Well, first of all, to reach an agreement um, between these two nations first. And second, to reach an agreement without losing face internally and on the outside uh, level to the rest of the world. Right. Okay. And uh, they succeeded to do that. Okay. At the end of the day, I mean, the negotiation started with Russians positioning their um, their weapons, I guess, um, uh, in in Cuba, mm -hmm. um, and um, it ended with uh, Russians retracting mm. those weapons from Cuba and the Americans retracting some of their weapons from Turkey, mm. but without uh, talking about it. Okay, right. okay. And how would have that negotiation ended if? There was wouldn't have been negotiation. It would definitely end up in a war, definitely. Okay. I mean, the point is, most of us have got a picture. We have got a picture in our, in our mind mm -hmm. when we talk about negotiations. But this is the moment when we go into the room with our contracts, and the other side comes in with a contract too, and we start to argue. Right. But negotiation, in its real meaning, means everything that you do and perform and execute in order to address your own and the own interests mm. motives and also the interests and motives of, of the other side which means to reach a resolution right so from that perspective uh, negotiation negotiation is much more than arguing and talking or talking about contracts mm. in fact our whole life is accompanied by permanent negotiations we right. permanently have got negotiations Okay. If you, for example, tonight go out with a group of friends and one part wants to go to one cafe and the other part to the other cafe, we, 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 would, we would start a negotiation. Right. And if we had no possibility to start a negotiation, we would start to beat each other then. Right. Wow. And that would end up in war-related actions. Right. <laughs> Do you think that would be always the outcome if there would be no negotiation, that it would always end in fighting? Yeah, the other possibility is uh, one group needs to submit to the other one, mm. right? So you would either have the full domina domination of the other side or then the other possibility is to start to stand for your own interests and needs. Right. And if you cannot negotiate, right. then you need to escalate, right? Right. Okay. So how would you negotiate then in certain moments when negotiation would, was 
forbidden just to stay in that absurd scenario how would you do that i mean the question is a paradoxy the question is how would you negotiate if negotiation was forbidden <laughs> so if it's forbidden yeah. i have no chance to negotiate right but maybe <laughs> yeah that question is like how would you still do it for example it would be like illegal and if you would negotiate with someone you would go to prison because negotiation would be illegal i see how would you do that then yeah a very interesting question then um the next question arises which arises is which techniques and methods of negotiation are then so apparent <laughs> that would be um would reveal or approach to negotiate them <laughs> right yeah. but let's say everything that is connected with talking etc so i would try to start to negotiate on non-verbal basis uh, okay right. i mean like so body language or exactly okay okay so imagine you're um you and your child are gone and he wants an ice cream yeah and you don't want that yeah how would you do that then with body language with a child it's pretty easy mm -hmm. right you would just turn turn to him look in his or her eyes as long as the child looks away and the next moment he or she wants an ice you would just show with your hands that you don't do it that's the ba best way you can do it okay and then that that child would also follow you with probably i mean in that case the 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 probability <laughs> sorry is high but it depends if the child follows you or not depends on the uh, already existing relationship between you and the child right in terms of ranking Mm. Right. What do you mean with ranking? Um, with ranking, I don't mean that we human beings live, if we want it or not, in systems of ranking. And by saying ranking, I do not mean the organizational ranking. Yeah, sure. I mean the unspoken ranking between us human beings in interpersonal interaction. Right. So the question is, if we both on the same level or one of us is higher and lower just in terms of interpersonal interaction. Right. And so this is meant by ranking. Who is dominating the relationship? Or do we have got a relationship in which both are on the same level? Uh. So if, for example, in that case, the child, and that might happen, is dominating the relationship, first of all, of all it would be pretty tough for that person um, to exert dominant gesture mm. right? but even if the person manage it manage it it, it will first uh, become the, the situation will um will um, move into a fight over the ranking first mm. and whoever wins that ranking uh, may can then dominate the rest of the interaction right right, right. so the ice cream decision would have been based on that ranking exactly okay and our is it always that, that when you're in a discussion with someone that there are always two different kind of ranks? Or do you think if you have like a life partner that you both are on the same ranking? Is it possible or is it always switching? Or? Um, I have no statistics 
which I can base my statement on. But my personal observation, and I have have my I've personally run uh, several. Um, I try to observe people and, and try to understand what is happening there. What is which is which dynamic? Yeah, is there existing between people? And I've run several tests. Mm -hmm. So my personal idea derived out of that expertise is in most cases we are not on the same level okay okay in most cases right and i have rarely seen people who are both on the same level okay okay then let's imagine a scenario where you have like a discussion on which movie you want to watch in the cinema with your uh partner uh, with your wife or girlfriend yeah um, and you're both absolutely on the same ranking. Mm -hmm. How would you negotiate to watch your movie while it's still forbidden to negotiate? And both being on the same ranking. As a man. Yeah. And my partner is a woman. Yeah, and right? you're both on the same ranking. Um, well, the main quest question is then, um, what is the decision-making process of my partner based on uh -huh. right so and if my partner is a woman and I assume that her decision-making process is in this case mainly based on her feelings right so I should try to create positive feelings in her uh -huh. and if I start to argue I would create bad feelings in her because she would see herself far away from her destination, right. right? So my aim in that case should be to try to create as much positive feelings in her and to try to associate them with the movie that I want to watch. Through your body language then? Not only in this because case, you can also use a, your rhetorical capabilities, surely. Without right? being in negotiation mode, you mean? Oh, you mean still being in yeah. A, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not able, allowed to negotiate, then yes, with okay. body language. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and to bring it one step further back to the Cuba crisis, just to make that point that you made, if it was forbidden to make that, uh, to make negotiation, how do you think in general it would have ended up on the decision of war? How do you think it would have ended up? Just as a scenario. What do you mean? Uh, like, uh, if there was no negotiation between... And you said that there would be a war starting, right? Yeah, yeah, we would have this state of permanent war. Yeah. How would that look like? Uh, we would have permanent escalation. Mm -hmm. And all kind of wars. Feast fighting or using weapons, all kind. And probably for a certain phase, one group would completely submit to the other one and okay. then it would change again but each time we want to change that we have only one possibility to change it because there is the negotiation right um, occasion possibility there so each time we would start a war again okay until someone wins and that will be the agreement then I guess yeah the agreement would always be based on the submission of one right. side and the full domination of the other side oh wow Okay, so that wouldn't be probably our, a future you would like to look into, right? It depends uh, on where you're based. 
<laughs> okay. If it would be the case right now, which country do you think would be on the winning side? Right now? Well, it's pretty easy to answer. We um, all know that uh, the United States of America is still leading the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you'd go on that side if you if the negotiation was forbidden, so I guess. <laughs> um, All right. I mean, let's assume negotiations are forbidden, mm -hmm. and we have two sides: one is submitting, and one dominates. Right. Um, I mean, if you are playing with if then, I would also prefer to stay there as a third party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I've got the possibility to develop <laughs> my own ideas, right? Right. But if there is no possibility beside that. So yes, it's always easier to be in the domination okay. uh, group than in, in the su submitted group. Okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I think something that we just learned and discussed a little and learned much better that I think human society wouldn't have even evolved if there w wouldn't have been any negotiation, right? How did it just start? Because people come into groups and there were different interests developed. And where do you think uh, the future of negotiation is going? Um, as I started my job, and as I said, I was the third or fourth guy in Europe, I anticipated that the need for this exper expertise will, will arise. Mm -hmm. Because um, we, based on the partly on the globalization, we have permanently much more um, interfaces, mm. human interfaces. Right. And that permanent and high frequent interfaces create a higher need for negotiations. Right. So I do think that uh, the need for better negotiating will rise. The need for new IDs like win-win was first an ID. Right. right. Developed, I guess, in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, the need for that will rise. And those people who can negotiate better can position themselves much more better in this social construct. Mm. Because social constructs are probably getting more and more important. Um, not only that, it's much, the, the point is, in order to maneuver in a social construct, you need to address your own interests, but also always the interests of the involved people. And if you act like a dictator, that means using war-based means, right. you will get along with only certain kind of people and probably not for long. Okay. So those people who can negotiate better, by better means, they can position themselves better in this whole construct. Right. They might also become more important, but that's not, that's not, that's a side effect. Okay. Understood. I want to deep dive quickly on two points, um, two side what ifs. If we have seen the what if negotiation was forbidden, what if everyone on the planet was an expert in negotiation and was on the same level? How would that look like? Well, to be able to handle the negotiation management techniques and strategies and tactics, it's like it is like a weapon. Okay. that you have got in your hand. Now, it depends how you want to use that weapon and what for. Mm -hmm. 
Um, generally, nevertheless, I would say a good negotiator is someone mm-hmm. who always first looks for a win-win, but mm. without being naive, without trusting the other side for no reason and expecting that, that they want a win-win too. Yeah. So a good, a good negotiator, negotiator would look for win-win, but test the other side mm. if they want a win-win too. And if that's the case, he or she would roll out a win-win. Okay. So based on that idea, I would say we would have a better, better world. Okay. But, but maybe also longer discussions? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. No, if you adhere to the negotiation system, mm. not necessarily. We'll come back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to head to head for a win-win is always also a question of the inner stance. Mm. And for example, people with low self-esteem. Yeah. And I put the focus on steam. So right. I, do, I do not mean people with low self-consciousness right. or self-confidence. Right. I do mean people with low self-esteem. They would, out of their low self-esteem, always look for win-lose outcomes. Okay. Right? Yeah, I But if they are a good negotiator, they would be able to bypass that internal need and always nevertheless look for a win-win, <laughs> right? So what I want to say is um, it's not easy to roll that out because we human beings are different. Right. Um, but to come back to your second question, what, what was the question again? Uh, you had another question which I wanted to come back to. I think basically when everyone was very skilled. Uh, in no, no, the point was if you would talk and argue more. Yeah, yeah. In fact, not because yeah. um, a good negotiator would generally not start to argue and talk, but he or she would start to question in a very open way in order mm. to understand right. the real needs and motives of the other side. That does not mean that the people always reveal their right. needs and interests directly, but nevertheless, you need to ask, you need to observe, mm. you need to also read between the lines mm. in order to understand what they are really heading for. Okay. And after understanding that, that you can come back with also arguments, but, in, but the point is you, you then in fact don't need to argue a lot, mm. what you now should do is to address those needs and motives with your own actions. So if you, and if you adhere to that system, you do not need to argue and talk a lot. That makes a lot of sense. And to come to a more funny one, the last what if, side what if, um, if imagine you would um, negotiate with yourself. So there yeah. would be a second thought. Yeah. And you negotiate about what you guys going to do tonight, watching a movie or going uh, and play soccer. How would you win a negotiation with yourself? That's a very interesting question. Um, I would say you can win a negotiation with Ford as long as you do not try to dominate him, right? And um, and you have, if you have reasonable points, reasonable indications, 
he would be uh, accessible for them, right? Yeah. If there is really another Ford existing there. Right. Um, but from another perspective, I do permanently negotiate with myself. We all do negotiate with ourselves permanently because we have different uh, needs and motives with, which also in ourselves compete with each other. Mm. And we as, a, as an instance on the top uh, need to understand them and address them, which we do permanently, or if we don't do it, one of these instances would take over mm. and dominate the internal negotiation in us. And then we need to pay the price at the end. Can you give an example? Yeah, let's say it's Friday afternoon, four o'clock, and a contract comes in and you need to check it. Yeah. So your super ego says, in terms of your internal instances, your right. super ego says, we need to stay there and check the contract. Right. But your feeling side says, no, the, I don't give a shit about it. I want to go <laughs> home into the weekend and have fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, not, none of those parts uh, are you. Mm. You are just uh, on the top level from the bird eye view looking, on the, looking down on those needs. Right. And now you start to negotiate with the sides, in fact. Right in your inner dialogue. Right. And then either you say, no, we stay at home. Right. We check the contract. Yeah. So one side then needs to submit, which is your right. feelings. Right. And then you go home, you pay, pay the price by pro probably eating a, um, a full chocolate <laughs> package, whatever, you know. <laughs> right. Or, uh, or need to smoke, or need to do excessive sports, whatever. Mm. Or you say, no, I don't check it. I go home directly, and you lose your job, or whatever, or have problems with your right. boss, you know, okay. or with the customer. Mm. Wow. Okay. So we permanently do negotiate with ourselves. Okay. And interestingly, the way you negotiate with yourself is mainly the way you negotiate with the outside world. Interesting. So if you're a tough guy to yourself, you will also be tough in the outside world. Your way of handling things will be tough, all right? That's and vice interesting. versa. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I think something that we've learned today is that negotiation is just a crucial part of our lives. Yeah. And it's just there on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Um, and what would be uh, your final advice for anyone who wants to become 10% better in negotiation? And for anyone who wants to become 10 times better in negotiation? Uh, that's a very tough question because it's always very difficult to break down the world of human beings into numbers. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But uh, I tried, nevertheless. I would say if you want to become 10% a 10 better, better negotiator, it would be sufficient if you start to prepare negotiations. Mm. The better you prepare, the better you will become. But if you want to become 10 times a better negotiation, you need to start to change your personality based on your ability to handle your fears, mainly. Mm. So not changing your values, you mean just your personality? Yes. Or maybe, okay. I mean, the moment you 
change your way of handling your your own fears mm. you are you are changing your personality mm -hmm. and good negotiators are people who can mainly handle their own fears and nightmares in a positive way this is a very crucial point for negotiation for negotiators mm. for negotiators them, themselves so that's a certain pattern you've probably seen for most cases who won a negotiation that they were better in that for most people who are good negotiators okay facing their fears facing your fear, fears and also also using your fears because as a negotiator you have also your between two poles two right. sides one of them is you want to do everything in order to reach your goal and the other side is you should always be able to do without the outcome right and this side is only mentally mm. so you mentally and on the action level do everything to reach your goal but on on the other side on the mental level you should be able to do without your goal right so the best so the good negotiator is always in a fully outbalanced uh, stance inner stance right and in order to be able to do without the outcome just internally just mentally you need to handle a lot of fears wow and if you fully ignore your fears mm. that you you might oversee a lot of risks which are of importance right if you fully submit yourself to your fears right you might end up in in, in hospital whatever <laughs> right yeah so as a good negotiator you have the courage to look them into the eyes and use them and be in yourself within yourself always fully balanced in right. a full balanced mode as far as possible right, right. this is uh, this is an approach right awesome so if you manage it to go that way you might develop into a negotiator who is two three four five ten or even ten times better than before Wow. Well, thank you so much for being with us yes I absolutely enjoyed it I think there were some interesting discussions here on what if I think it was also hopefully also for you very interesting. Yes, it was. Thanks very much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye.